0: Welcome to the Tim Eagle Podcast. In this episode of my first, very first podcast, I'm going to give you a reading from my novella Cray. It's a story that will be released in September of 2021. And this is my first, very, very first podcast that I appreciate all of you coming back. You can find me on the web for free fiction and to sign up for my newsletter at timeaglefiction.com. Cray, a novella by Tim Eagle, Chapter One. My spirit animal flies low through the neighborhood. The dark ebony wings flutter into my backyard. I smell filth on the feathers. My name's Cray, and the crow is my spirit animal. They're loud. And they're smart. My crows get a plate of oatmeal and bacon grease on the regular. They wash their food before they dine, and then fly away. Fear is the furthest thing from their bird brains, but they have mastered survival. Before swooping down to get food, one of them usually leaves a form of bird payment at the back fence. That something is a piece of foil, a strand of hair, and one time they left an old wheat penny. I was impressed. They seem to appear when I think too much. Are they sending me messages? I doubt it. Do I really have a spirit animal? I doubt that too. My husband is gone, but I can smell his cheap cologne and traces of cigar. The aromas anger me. These thoughts are a constant reminder of what used to be. I can identify any scent with my nose. My hyperosmia catalogs the smell. Organizes it, and a flood of memories and nostalgia engulf. Hyperosmia isn't common and can be very stinky. Imagine a dog and a toddler. The toddler leaves a bathroom. The dog's a hundred feet away, and the toddler has shit on the ass, or better yet, rolling down the leg. The shit smells one thousand times more potent to the dog than it does to the parent who has the task of cleaning it up. The dog isn't troubled. In fact, the protein in the feces is an attraction because it smells like dinner. My nose is like that dog's. I can smell a lot of things intricately and intensely because my condition provides my olfactory with hypersensitivity. My nose always knows. I had fun growing up a sensitive. I used to know when my mom and dad fucked by the endorphins that floated through the house. Our cousin Jinx would visit a lot, and I'd know when he was in the bathroom with the Sears catalog. And he wasn't using the toilet. I could smell the perspiration and then the final act of ejaculation into a towel or dirty sock. I earned my fair share of his allowance with that information when i'd get a new smell i jotted it down my nose helped me make a lot of friends in order to identify what i dubbed an unfamiliar i'd have to talk to find out who what where and when the friendships were usually short term i'm socially awkward and have a hard time with conversation i met my husband when i identified the smell for fear it was august The temps were unbelievably warm, and it had been a while that an unfamiliar entered my life. Fragrances were sometimes dull in the summer. There was a gang of three women rapists in the area that were never caught. They were written about incessantly in the Stavitz Chronicle. Their modus operandi was always twenty-something-year-old males. I was safe. I walked out of the firehouse theater downtown after watching a flick titled Benson a movie about a serial killer who lost the impulse to kill. I'd say the movie was far better adapted to the screen than the book adapted to the page, a rare occurrence. I exited through the theater's back door, a maze that wound through a dimly lit hallway and into the red brick section of town. My mom always told me to stay away from the district, but I never listened. In the wilds, people are the hunters in the food chain. My nose is the hunter. You can laugh, but it's true. I'm five foot, broad-shouldered, and wear thick spectacles which appear as a natural growth on my face. I also struggle with acne, so I don't stand a chance to survive in social circles. My nose is the hunter, and I the meek nerd attached to it. August gave me the most important smell my olfactory would gift me. My future husband, he appeared to me in the red glow of a dingy neon sign stumbling from a dark corner. Towering a mighty six feet tall, he was sweaty with his pants bunched around his ankles. His member dangled flaccidly as he duck-waddled toward me. He stammered, You have to! you, You have to help me! He tried to catch his breath. Normally, the sight of nearly naked man in a district known for unsavory characters would generate a sense of suspicion at the very least. But if the man meant me harm, my nose would tell me. I reached for his pants and pulled them up. What the fuck are you doing with your pants down? Taking a piss? Help you do what? One of the rapists nabbed me, he panted. His eyes darted to corners of the alley where the sun never reached. I took his hand, I nurtured and quieted him. There was nothing special about his physical appearance. His eyes were brown, his hair dark with streaks of blonde. His voice was a bit nasally. He looked like a languid bean-pool. What stood out was an unfamiliar that he emitted. It smelled of fish, an ocean, and a mix of salt, vinegar, and potent sweat. My hyperasmia quickly made a mental note of the fragrance of fear. I walked him to a payphone and called 911. The police arrived and took our statements. So was it three females that assaulted you? Officer Daniels asked. According to the Stevets Chronicle, Daniels was the lead detective on the case. He was graying at the temples, the stubble on his face white, and he looked like he'd been up all night drinking whiskey and cola. Steve answered. Yes, it was the leader, the one in charge that pulled my pants down. Then the other two lined behind her. They were all wearing nylons over their faces, but I remember the leader's hair was red. I freaked out and kicked her in the face. Steve was telling the truth. This, yet another skill my nose had bestowed upon me. Could you identify them in a lineup if we arrested them? Probably, Steve answered. Okay, that'll be all. If we get any more leads or we arrest these three suspects, we'll be in touch. Thank you, Steve said. After the police finished interviewing us both, we formally introduced ourselves, although we already knew each other's names from our reports. His was Steve, an average name for an average man. My instinct was to go home, but Steve offered me a cup of coffee to thank me for rescuing him, though I really hadn't done much. He was still shaking, so I consented, and we went to a coffee shop Near town. Me, the ugly duckling, and he, the bean pole, both fiddled with our coffee cups. He stared at me. I looked away. The clanging of dishes from the kitchen filled the coffee house. There were no other patrons. It was late afternoon and midsummer, and people were still enjoying their air conditioners, scrambling for last minute summer vacations, or in the local swimming hole at the Onega River. All right, that concludes the first episode of the Tim Eagle Podcast. Thanks for coming by. Make sure you check out TimEagleFiction.com for more of his, or my, uh, fiction updates and a new fiction coming out. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter. And thanks for the support. I hope you enjoyed Cray. This novella will be released and maybe in print in September of 2021. So come back more